0: hey guys this is john with vp precision uh we are doing something a little different here for episode number six uh this is our first remote podcast so jake and i live about mm, say hi jake what up (laughs) sorry we live about uh six seven hours apart and we were you know we try to record podcasts as much as we can uh when we're together but we've both been uh been pretty busy back at work and getting some getting some life caught up so we're doing a over this over skype and recording through here so i hope the audio is good but this is a, a new thing for us so we're doing our first remote podcast for episode number six so, anyway, Jake, what have you been up to? I haven't seen you for a little while. What have you been up to?
1: Yeah, so shot a couple matches, um, and it was really busy for three or four weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really nice to be able to relax at home a little bit, kind of get your gear in order, um, yep. and, and really focus on getting grounded and going for, uh, you know, kind of catching up on work, getting work done. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to get back into matches come mid-july with uh with a couple matches uh nrl match the high country match so yep. i'm excited about that i'm yeah, that's fortunate to be a uh,
0: two-time champ so we'll see what happens yeah buddy go for a three-peat that's a good match too is that robert quigley over there in colorado does an awesome yep. uh, awesome match it's always seems like it's high round count probably 250 rounds so 230 yep. to 250 for uh, saturday sunday it's a super fun match really diverse course of fire um, high elevations, high temperatures. Uh, just, I love that match. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss it this year. Um, but, uh, I, I've, that was been one of my favorite matches. I'm going to be heading up to a, a match up in Canada actually. So, uh, we'll be, be missing that one, but
1: yeah, yeah, right on. So we've been, uh, we haven't seen each other for a little while. And so it's good to get uh, going on a podcast. We do have, um, you know, a few matches that we could probably talk about. One of the the matches was the K and M Precision Rifle Championship down in Finger, Tennessee. And yep. uh you did pretty darn well in that. And so why don't you talk about that a little bit? Uh yeah, it was uh one of
0: the I think it's probably one of the bigger matches of the year. It was there There's almost 300 people there, I think. Um, I'm not sure. So it was a fun match. I squatted with you. Uh, There's been a lot of matches where I haven't been squatted with you this year. And so it was fun to shoot together. Had a a great squad. We did um, day one was a was tough. You burned it down. Um, You were in the lead after day one. And I think I was in uh, second or third um so we both both had been shooting pretty good i can't remember i can't was i somewhere in there so up in the top top five top three whatever and so we're in a good position um first time to k&m it's probably the what's uh what would you what would you call it like the golf course of the shooting (laughs) world it's manicured uh it's it's uh down south, a lot of the ranges are, they call them square ranges, where they have lanes cut into trees, and so these big lanes, and they're all, it's nice grass. Shannon Kay, it's it's his, uh, Shannon Kay owns the PRS, and also owns K&M, and does a lot of training there, and so he's kind of his pride and joy, and takes a, takes really good care of the place, it looks wonderful, it was, uh, I haven't been there, and I've heard a lot about it, and it was good to get there, uh, good to see a lot of people that we don't normally see on that side of the country. Yep. Um, and it was hot, <laughs> really hot. Uh, I wasn't, uh, wasn't used to that, but um, it was fun. A good course of fire, pretty straightforward, nothing too out of the ordinary. Just, um, It just had to stay on your toes. Really weird winds because you get those lanes Uh, the way the wind blows it's not out west you know if you get a wind coming hard from your right to left you know it is down there in those lanes it can be pretty switchy and pretty weird it can feel like it's right to left but it's really always left to right the way the wind swirls down these lanes Mm -hmm. and so that was a little different for me definitely not used to that Um, correct you kind of threw your a lot of your wind knowledge what you do out west out the window really you just tried to watch trace and tried to see what stuff was going on and it It wasn't a lot of wind, but it was switchy, but Shannon did a good job with some small, pretty small targets, pretty, you know, 90 second par times, which I really like. And, uh, and it was good, but we did. So day one went pretty well. Day two, do you want to talk about, uh, a lesson you already knew, but you got lazy with?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got a little bit lazy with, um, kind of my gear maintenance and I typically try to have. 150 rounds, maybe even 200 on a barrel before I'll take it to a match. Uh, Well, I had 1,400 roughly on my uh, old barrel. I decided to take it off Mm -hmm. uh, like the Wednesday before the match. Um, (laughs) I I screwed a brand new barrel on. I went to the range, and it just shot lights out. And so I had 12 or 13 rounds through it by the time I got it zeroed. I said, okay, this is going to be really good. Um, I'm zeroed. And what I did is I loaded up a bunch of extra rounds for uh, the training day, which I paid for uh, on Friday. When you show up, you can shoot uh, basically all the different props and all the different targets um, uh, uh, pretty much all day. One of the cool things about a place like that is it's really spread out. Well, we get there and – It rained so hard on Friday, (laughs) right when we were wanting to go shoot. And we just, you know, it's my fault. I should have been out there doing it and checking chronograph, but we checked it and it was pretty slow. I think I was at like 2750 or 2760 on the chronograph, which was a little bit slow and I knew it was going to speed up
0: yeah um yeah if you don't know barrels generally speed up is it seems like in these competition calibers they generally speed up at between one and two hundred rounds and they can speed up anywhere from i don't know 20 to 60 feet a second and i'm sure some yeah. could be more um but I, I feel like i always see that 30 to 50 almost always
1: yeah so. and so for me i uh I think we only really got like 40 rounds down the barrel yeah. uh, on Friday. We did a little bit of practice. It was really hot. Yep. So what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to just go burn a whole bunch of rounds through the barrel and get it super, super hot. So we we went in, we zeroed, uh, that was five or, or six rounds. Then we went over to some rocks yep. and we were practicing off the rocks. And so we shot a string of 10 and then we uh, went to kind of long range. The last thing we did was long range. And then we were taking a break and then it just started. So I had probably, you know, 25 or 26 rounds down the tube, which brings me to a grand total of 42 or something. (laughs) Not enough for a big match like this. And it was so hot. I was not used to it. I'm from a very dry part of the country. It was May um, and we we were like 50, 55 degrees here, which is perfect for for me for shooting yes. um we go there and it's 90 degrees
0: and, and humi- it was absolutely humidity.
1: horrible yeah the humidity <laughs> i mean
0: humidity gets you it was uh i'm you know i'm we live down in the i live in the willamette valley in oregon so it's a little more humid than where you live and still i was just like man i'm not used to this it'd take you it'd take you a few days to get used to it down there so yeah we cut <laughs> the, we cut the side in day short so you started you started saturday with a low round count barrel it was hammering uh, yep. but talk about what happened on Sunday morning.
1: So we had our, on, on Saturday morning, uh, I already knew my velocities and we actually were fortunate to shoot the long range. Uh, you know, I think we had a stage and then we had three long range stages in a row.
0: Yeah.
1: So I knew my velocities and I shot pretty well on those. I think I only really dropped well. a couple shots yeah. or maybe one shot yep. on all three of those long range stages. And I really knew my velocity was, was on well, yep. throughout the day. Uh, the rest of the day we shot pretty, uh, generous, big targets and they were closer range. So the velocity didn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up, I think I dropped six shots on day one. And so I was in the lead, um, after, after day one by a yeah. few shots, yep. uh, day two, um, we, we, uh, it was my fault. I did not go re chronograph. I did not go re zero. And so, uh, for whatever reason, we just uh, started shooting again. And now we're back to shooting some longer range targets on day two. Uh, and I was just all over the place. I was, Barrel was speeding up, so I was high, and I was having a really hard time.
0: Yeah, that stage we started, was the stage we started Stand- on was difficult to see if you were high. It would have been hard to tell.
1: Yep. And so, that first stage we were starting on, it was basically not skyline targets, but there was no burn behind them. And so they were all just grass behind them. I didn't do very well there. I had a hard time picking up where those particular rounds were going. I ended up, I think, getting a five out of nine. So I kind of salvaged it. But in a match like that, it's really hard to recover from, uh, you know, a few points like that. The next stage was... A really tough stage uh, on the bus, yeah, and right. most people were either timing out or doing tough. And I did pretty good on that. I think I got seven out of nine. Yep. Um, and then the the next stage was these really. It was kind of horrible timing for me. It was because the next stage was like three or four inch target, three or four inch tall targets. They were really wide, but they were only a couple inches tall. Yeah. And so it was. It, it turned out to be pretty bad timing and. I, I right then I picked up that I was really high, but by that point I had already dropped, you know, ten or eleven shots on the day.
0: Yeah, because we the rest of the squad like we like I cleaned the long range and you would drop three or four, and then I cleaned those rectangles and you dropped two or three. And And when you you go seven down, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. And so at that point I was like, and it was hard to pick up that you were high on those rectangles too. It was, those were, were, those were, you know, your bullets are landing back way behind the targets out and some of it in the timber where you couldn't see anything. And then some of it way behind on, on hillsides and so on. And so at that point I was like, you know, we were talking, it's like you're high and you know, most likely, we knew what was going on because we did, we, yep. <laughs> we both knew your barrel was pretty new. So,
1: yeah. So, uh, I kind of finished the day out. We realized, Hey, let's, let's kind of up our velocity, which I hate doing. I'm typically a truster in my velocity. Yep. We, we upped it and it lined up for the rest of the day. And I shot real good, cleaned a bunch in a row. And yeah. I think I dropped one on the last stage and, and, you know, maybe a, a few shots after that, but the moral of the story is don't, uh, if you have a match that's important to you just don't do things like that
0: <laughs> yeah it's hard and we, we know we know those lessons and it still catches you off guard you get busy you get um yep. you just run out of time sometimes that's how that's why i felt lately with work at home has been crazy it's like so sometimes you just can't do what you'd like to do as far as really ringing a load out or getting your barrel to the round count you want it to be and it's no excuse it's on you but sometimes it sometimes it happens and it, it yeah. caught you there at the worst at the worst time but um
1: it did yeah it was a rough shoes and if i would have started somewhere else on the range um i felt like i could have picked it up a little bit earlier and then i would have been able to get those tough stages uh when i had my stuff figured out but that's not the way the cookie crumbled and and uh it didn't happen like that but thankfully uh, I was still able to kind of salvage a top 10 finish there, which is, yeah. which is good with 300 shooters. Yeah. For and sure. you had a really good day too, as well. Uh, we were both in position to win it. Yeah,
0: we were, um,
1: you had uh i had had it to the last two
0: stages (laughs) i was i had a pretty good i had a pretty good day cleaned a lot of stages and um (laughs) the last two were not difficult as far as position they were just prone and modified prone just laying there and just kind of some switchy winds and there was a prairie dog stage and i missed off both sides of these prairie dogs and then there was a uh, this other kind of big small target you work your way out troop line type of a stu- deal and I had dropped a couple points all day and then on those last two stages I dropped five on stages that a lot of you know I shouldn't have dropped five and I end up tying for second place and lost you know, lost the match. I was two, two points down from first and we tied for second, yep. lost the tiebreaker. So I ended in third, but so um, if you
1: would have cleaned those, you would have walked away with it and had a three point oh, yeah. lead. over yeah. everybody.
0: Yeah. And you, you know, it just it's, this stuff happens. It was frustrating, <laughs> but I, I wanted that one pretty bad. I was like, man, that was, it was a lot of guys there. It's a big match. So it would have been fun, but, but, uh, Bradley Allen took that. He's a, he's a great shooter. Uh, lives down there and, uh, good, good guy. So, so it was it was fun, tied with a buddy uh Matt Brousseau, who's a killer so um it was a good match, so we hung in there and uh it was fun but um that was so that was the first match next match we went to we'll try to do a kind of a rundown um was uh quiet riot in Utah, yep. and you destroyed that match and it was fun i got a i was there um in your squad watched you do it and it was impressive it was fun to watch but um thank you what uh talk about that match a little bit the uniqueness of that match um
1: so one of the things i like about that match is it puts everyone kind of on an equal playing field because everyone has to shoot suppressed yep. and when you shoot suppressed there's a lot of stuff that's different your recoil is different you have to learn how to manage it a little bit differently yep. uh, you have some weight that's in the front of your gun that you're not used to so you got to figure out where your balance points at now um yep. yeah i felt like uh, i had a good velocity my barrel had finished speeding up so uh that was that was literally the very next week um yeah so we flew to to utah where i actually drove to utah because we did some training we'll talk yep. about that here in a little bit but yep. uh, i felt like it was pretty um you know pretty straightforward and my bullets were going where where i wanted them to uh to go and everything was um you know, kind of lining up well. So it was yeah. good. I felt like I shot pretty good at k and Um, I felt like I pulled a bunch of really good triggers yep. and you know, yep. you, you kind of know when you're like, you know what, I screwed those four shots up or, you know, uh, man, I shot pretty good there. And so you, you start to get a feel for how you're shooting
0: yeah,
1: and then how you can also uh, you know, make yourself better by practicing after the match as well. So if you, if you pull a dumb shot, do something stupid, then you can go home and you can practice that yep. and you can focus on why you made those mistakes yep. and make sure you don't make those again. So yeah, I like to make notes in my matchbook of like,
0: hey dummy maybe practice off a tank trap or practice a, <laughs> in the case of dog valley there's some guys that need to practice spinners and different things like that so <laughs> <laughs> talking to you brian yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's well, funny. anyway that's a i guess we could maybe touch on that in a little bit but um the uh yeah so you were running what were you running you what suppressor did you run because we don't normally Still- run suppressors
1: uh, I typically don't that match. I ran the, uh, the thunder beast. I have a thunder beast ultra seven. Oh, cool. Um, and so I ran that, uh, I actually was back and forth between two suppressors and I have one that's like an all, like, I don't know if it's a steel or like a bi-metal it's, it's kind of a, a couple different, it's a little heavier. Yeah, And that's what I shot last year. Well, we were you and I were sitting on the 100-yard range yep. shooting some groups, and yeah. I shoot a group with this suppressor. I just – I literally – the first time I shot suppressed was at – I screwed my suppressor on while we are in Utah <laughs> sitting at the range. So I yeah. hadn't practiced with one. We just got off a plane from Tennessee. Yep. We threw our muzzle brakes off and threw a can on. Exactly. So I, I shot this suppressor and it was all over the place i mean what was i I, it was a it was a one inch
0: yeah it started it was like hammer time you're like oh check this out and i saw i look over on your target and i'm like you start throwing bullets all over this target i'm like yeah that's (laughs) that's pretty impressive jake i like that yeah (laughs) pretty impressive (laughs) looks good for me (laughs) so yeah it was bad i
1: decided to throw that ultra seven on and then i kind of zipped those groups right back in so for whatever reason the weight of the of the Suppressor, their harmonics, something really decided to shrink those back in for that. So I was thankful that I had a couple of suppressors there. Yeah, it's crazy the difference.
0: Try. It's crazy the difference. I've talked to, was it Jerry Carla? I think so. Jerry Carloff, He's not hasn't been shooting as much lately, but he's he's a pretty consistent shooter. A couple years ago, last year. And um, he shot a 6.547 forever, and he told me, we used to be on the uh, Team Surgeon together a few years back, and he told me that he would take, for barrels and barrels and barrels, the exact same load with 140 hybrids and Varget load. He never changed it for years, and all he would do is go to the range with his ammo that he loaded for years, and he would take three or four or five different suppressors, And he would shoot one, shoot a group with one, spin the next one on, shoot a group, spin the next one on, and it all changed like you know, your harmonics and your group size. And he would just he would load tune by switching suppressors, which blew my mind until you know we started doing that in Utah, and I couldn't believe the difference. It was pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was crazy. We shot that one. And that's one of the unique things about that match is everyone has to deal with those problems. So you just you shoot suppressed. Um
0: yeah, mine but was all over lined the place. Well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So you were running. You were running. You've been running A tips too. You want to talk about that for a minute? The you know, new A tips from so Hornady. So I
1: ran. Um, I, at the end of last year, I shot uh, two matches shooting the Hornady a- the one ten A tips. One of them was the Arizona. Uh, I think it's called the PRC or T. PRC yeah, TPRC, yeah. um it's the one that Matt and Regina run they do a really good job I shot pretty well at that match I ended up winning by a few yeah so I was able to get a win with the A-Tips there and then the the following weekend was a match at Rock Lake rifle yep. range here in Washington which was a um that was a NRL match yeah that match was uh, you won that, and I got second, yep. And I shot pretty consistent there with those bullets as well. And then I, I ran out, so now the rest <laughs> of the year, um, I'm so it was basically a prototype. Yep. Uh, they they um, uh, so I you ran you, you out. Gave the first like, hit man. was free, <laughs> yeah. The first hit was free, and so then they made me wait. I was like, yep. man. So then I went back to shooting my 108 ELDMs, which I really like those bullets as well. They're pretty consistent. Uh-huh. Um, I just don't think that they had the BC and stuff that no. the, the 110 has. Yeah, I. Uh, so my first match shooting the 110s again was the uh, match in Tennessee, the K&M match. Okay. So now the last three matches, the K&M match. The a Quiet Riot, which is the PRS match in Utah, and the National Rifle League Dog Valley match, I've shot A tips uh, with those, and so I was able to to win one of those, and I got second at Dog Valley. They've yeah. been shooting really good, so I'm I'm pretty happy with them.
0: Yeah, and you want to. We can talk about Dog Valley real quick. Um, Well, one thing I just think I want to talk about, quite right, just a unique thing. It's in this old ghost mining town, and it's probably one of the cooler locations that I've shot. So that was kind of a highlight too, shooting out of buildings, shooting off of uh, just all kinds of you know crazy, just uh, big conveyor. Shoots tower things i don't even know what they're <laughs> called <laughs> for moving coal coal, coal, ore tower. And coal tower yeah. yeah it was anyway all kinds of crazy stuff like that so that was pretty cool and then uh um as far as quite right it goes for me it was a i to day one went pretty well um and then day two was just a train wreck i had um i uh, some of it was me some of it was i had a mix i was out of bullets so i had three different lots mixed up and I feel like one shot better than the other, but I pulled some bad shots as well. I just wasn't kind of mentally there. I think we have some questions talking about mindset stuff. And I've been work. I always work on that. So we'll talk about that later, but I, fin- I can't remember. I finished seventh or eighth or something. So top 10, I guess, but I wasn't very happy. It was, it was, uh, this was a rough weekend for me. So that's kind of where I ended up quite riot, But, um, yeah. good, uh, kind of wakes you up and be like, okay, you got some work to do and, and got some work to do between your ears. So that was good for me. So, <laughs> um the the next well, so in, in between all this was exhausting, so quickly we flew to k m it's you're you got stuck, so you didn't get to the k and m till midnight that night. We drove all night long to get to the range. We get back on Monday, and then a couple of days later, I went and rented a car, drove straight to Utah, which is you know a thousand miles, and we did we did a training, which we'll talk about and then right into quiet riot i left quiet riot as soon as i fired my last shot i jumped in the car and drove straight back a thousand miles without stopping like got home at four in the morning or something um home for a couple days (laughs) worked for two days jumped in a car thousand miles back to to back to utah to the same spot and you you were able to stay down there those couple days i had a couple of some work stuff i had to get done and uh it's so a right back there, so I put four thousand miles on the rental car in in, <laughs> in ten days, and uh, just was a, it was kind of an exhausting stretch for me. Um, but got right back down there for Dog Valley, uh, which was the the NRL match. Um, you ended up you shot really well there too, man. You were uh, you were in the lead after day one, and just a couple little things happened, and and pulled and ended up in second, but still a super solid finish with a bunch of good guys there. Um, was that anything stick out at that match for you or,
1: you know, that was a, a match that, that we've went to a couple times, uh, dog Valley NRL. Yep. It's, uh, um, it, this was the best, uh, match that he's put on in my opinion, the best Agreed. course of fire. He, he mixed it up a little bit better than he has in the past. Agreed. So I was really excited to, to see that. And I was, um, yep. I was just glad that that was, that was the case. So props to him for, you know, kind of learning from his, his other matches mm-hmm. and, and rolling in there. Uh, yeah, I had the lead on day yep. one. I think I had a three point lead on day one. Yep. I decide and, and I shot okay on, on day two, but just nothing special. Um, I think, uh, I think I actually got beat by. I was in the lead by three points, and I got beat by four points overall. So yeah.
0: that
1: I, I got beat by seven points on day two. Yeah. Uh, that's that's quite a lot when you're talking about shooting ten stages, getting beat by seven points. Yeah, so
0: that's a lot. Nick
1: Gaddarzi won that match. Oh, he's on fire. He, he is. He shot a couple. He won the. Uh, he now he's won two NRL matches. Yeah, uh, he won the uh, what the JC Steel Challenge as well.
0: Yeah, he's been on a roll. He's a super consistent shooter, good good guy. So yep. it's it fun to see him. He's up. He's up and right. He lives close to you. So yep, um, yeah. good to see the Northwest guys shooting well. But yeah, he burned it down. Sometimes you get guys on a roll. and It's like hey, it is what it is. You just it just sometimes you're just <laughs> yeah. clicking on all cylinders. It's hard to it's hard to hard to catch up. So he cleaned some yep. tough stages. There was he cleaned that spool stage um I, I think some other stages that were some tough ones he cleaned so did really well that day so
1: yep, right. cool. yeah that's right pretty cool
0: but that one was a a little rough for me i think i finished in fourth and then some scores they changed some things i think i ended up in sixth. i can't i can't remember wasn't wasn't it was a it was a and like I said, another top ten, but not I'm not I'm not going to those matches for top ten. So so no, yeah. it's guys are like, Well you shot good I'm like, Oh it's pretty disappointed. But it was a it was got to see some friends. Brian Pence came down and guess you know, stay with Paul Dallin, super good dude and was able to shoot a bunch of some pistols and had just had a really good time. And in the midst of those two matches, we also did a couple trainings. Um yeah. you wanna talk about those for a second? We had a So we
1: we're pretty fortunate to to you know get a lot of requests for training and we've done a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, This, this particular training we did in Utah at the price range and we decided to do a training before the Thursday before the quiet right PRS match and the Thursday before uh, the dog Valley NRL match, which was the following week. Yeah. so we did two trainings. Uh, They both went off really well. Everyone loved them. And uh, you know, they're already inviting us back wanting to do some more. So we're excited about that. But, As far as that, you know, different people, uh, is, you know, during trainings, they really want different things. And so what we try to pride ourselves on is, a uh, a low student to teacher ratio. So if we got a few students, we want to make sure we have an instructor there uh, to help out so we can really give all the students the individualized time, Mm uh, that they need. We don't, we don't ever want to line 15 people or 20 people up on the line and just say, okay, your turn to shoot because it's, it's, it's really boring. It's not engaging for people to be able to, to do that. So we want to be right there with them. We want to be, um, very hands-on and, uh, you know, right by their side the entire time. And that's just going to, uh, really excel their shooting ability. That's going to help them quite a bit. And it really gives them a good bang for their buck as far as the, you know, the training value goes, which yeah. we're fairly, you know, we're fairly inexpensive as far as that goes as well. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was, it was, some of it was in some ways frustrating for me where I was like, man, one day is just not very much time when you like, you get into these, you're like, let's exactly. do this drill. And you're like, we got to do this next drill or we got to work on this. And like some of those drills you're like working with guys and it's like, we could literally do this drill over and over all day long and it would continue to be beneficial if you just move different targets and move different... Some of the... Like the tape tape turret drill, I think. You could do that in so many different situations and try to get where you were seeing even following trace and making corrections. You could spend... I mean, I could spend a week on that myself, just practice that over and over. I think it'd be beneficial. So it's fun to, it's, 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 it was fun doing those classes. But at some point I was like, man, we need, I need more time. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's yeah. so much information you could go over, but it was fun. There's a, a lot of different skill levels came out. A lot of, you know, some, some match winners to, so to, you know, pretty new, newer beginner shooters and, yeah. and having that high teacher ratio, we tried to, you know, you know, keep up with the different questions at the different levels. I think it was a lot of fun. So, um definitely be doing more of that at some point but that was uh that was good and that's why i was driving back and forth so much i just extra gear it was hard to fly and i was like um with the trainings you know going on thursday and then shooting you know saturday sunday so that was part of that but um so we
1: do have a couple more on the calendar and uh for for all you guys that are interested in training um shoot shoot one of us a message and it really doesn't matter where you're at. If, if we can fly there or make it there, yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to make it worth your guys' while to, um, you know, to make that happen. Obviously we can't do it for free. There's training and, and stuff like that, that, or travel and stuff like that, that we have to, uh, um, accommodate for, but you know, we, we would love to do them all over the country. Let us know. We have a lot of requests Mm-hmm. for uh, different parts of the country to, to come and do that. So as our schedule allows, uh, we'll put those on the calendar and accommodate how we can, really.
0: Yeah, that would probably be a good way to do those too. If if you had a range wherever you're at and you get a group of guys, say you, get, you know, 8, 10, 12 guys together or something, um, that'd be great. You come, both of us come out and and do a class wherever. It would Be fun to do a class. It'd be fun to get a, maybe longer than a day. Do it, do a class and then do a, a stage, a mock, you know, match day or something like that. We'll have to we'll have to talk about that. But everyone yeah, we'll loves it. Lots of options. But um, let's see here. We could talk about anything else about matches. I feel like we kind of knocked those out. We've got yeah.
1: Those those are pretty good. We got some matches coming up, um, and yeah. we'll be able to do some more. Some more, uh, information on those. Uh, one thing that we do, uh, um, you know, one thing that I did when I got back, so I came straight back from the Utah dog Valley match. Yeah. And then I was able to train a young man named colden. He's, uh, oh, that's right. Uh, 13 years old. He is going to be an absolutely killer. He is, nice. um, he's on it. He's motivated. He's ready to go. So we actually trained for three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Uh, which was really nice. You know, we kind of talked about have the one day and some of these other classes. Well, this particular class was, you know, just a one-on-one training. And we're really able to get in a lot of good information and practice it, harp on it, make sure he's doing the right things. And that's that's honestly, that low uh, student-to-teacher ratio is just so beneficial. So he made big strides and he actually just won the I think the top youth award or, or whatever at the last match he went, which was that's awesome. Uh, this last week, so um, he's pretty pumped about it. He's excited about it. We'll see if we can keep going and that's cool. And, and do well. What did you feel?
0: What any uh, big? I mean, obviously, with more time, any big differences that, that that stuck out to you, where you feel like there was break like a breakthrough made because of the time that wouldn't be able to in a shorter class or anything like that? Cause I know it's kind of off the cuff, but
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So one of the things that, you know, both of us talk about quite a bit in our trainings is, you know, breathing, trigger control and follow through yep. and doing those purposeful, uh, purpose, purposely every single time um, you want to pull the trigger. And so never getting lazy on the trigger. And that's, that's kind of what he was doing. So we shot, you know, half the first day, I wanted to get a feel for how he was shooting, what tendencies he has. And, uh, part of what it is is that if you have a, maybe a bigger class of 15 or 20 or 50 students, you're not really able to pinpoint exactly what each person really needs to focus on to become a better shooter. Instead, what you're doing is you're saying, here's what you should do. Here's some fundamentals, Here's this, that, so on and so forth. Well, those are all good things to, to focus on. But if we, if, if, if a person's already a shooter in order to really maximize their talent and maximize their ability, we have to be able to, to get down to the nitty gritty, you know, the nitty gritty for him. He was really lazy on the trigger. Okay. Um, and had pretty poor follow through. So he was kind of slappy on the trigger, okay. which a lot of people are. Yep, And he was missing a lot of shots because of that. And he thought maybe he was on the, you know, on the, um, on the trigger well for a good shot, but really he wasn't focusing on pulling a really excellent shot. So for us, we were able to make sure every single shot is equally as important. And one thing that I was telling him that he kind of resonated with is uh you know obviously like you take a your last shot in basketball or like you take your last swing in baseball you want it to be a good swing yeah Um, i want every single shot to to be like it's your last shot of the day on the range it has to be absolutely perfect because you're not going to stop on a on a crappy miss and then just pack your stuff up and go home you're going to try to pull a perfect shot to, to end your day so that's how i want um, him to focus is every single shot has to be perfect that's good and then we'll move on to the next shot and it might be a little bit slower yeah but we're going to get more hits and then as we get better now we're going to start speeding up those perfect shots yeah and it's going to go from there
0: so that's good yeah, that's good. Man, if you can if you can cement that in, that's a that's something I'm working on like all the time. It's like, hey, slow down, well, make every you know shot I count.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Every shot has to count. And yeah. everybody should work on that. It's just hard unless you have an instructor to help ingrain those things in your head of where you need to focus. Yeah. It's hard to do that on your own without really knowing, man, what do I need to do? Yeah. Um, to get better so that's cool it's just good to 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 focus on that but yeah so we did that three days Jeez. Uh, really awesome. good training he absolutely loved it um flew over cool. and he is going to be an absolute killer i'm i'm pretty excited for him really that's cool that's fun to watch
0: yeah you said he was 13
1: yep all right We're gonna be
0: some new young guns coming up so that's awesome right on. yeah that's awesome um let's see here. Kind of, uh, we're coming up on, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. Let's, uh, we both of us get, you know, questions, people message us and stuff. And, and some of the questions may be better suited for just talking about on the podcast for a minute. So let's bust through a couple of those and, um, and I'll read one. You've got a couple. We'll just go through some of these instead of doing long responses on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. And, and and please feel free to ask us questions. Um, sometimes like, I've been working a lot. We both we both have you know jobs and busy and family and all that stuff. But so sometimes I can't answer. One example, a guy asked me a question. Hey, if I was going to build a three thirty eight, should I shoot two fifties or three hundreds? And I'm doing this and this and this. Or what would you shoot? And so my response, I didn't have a lot of time today. My response, I just wrote three hundred. And so that's what I would shoot. And there wasn't a lot. So some of my answers are short, but I l I'd like to expound more on some of them. And um, we I love the questions. Um, but just message us at, you know, on our Facebook or Instagram or VP precision, um, on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that, um, or personal pages, whatever. But, um, uh, one of the questions, uh, guy, he guy wrote got, I think his name is Matt. Um, his Instagram is F C D H underscore. And he said, Hey John, how's it going? I had a question. This is kind of long. I'm going to chop a little bit out, but I had a question you could answer podcast or however you want. Uh, last match I shot went to shit real quick and uh i checked my (laughs) (laughs) i checked my zero first thing in the morning it was real good i was super confident for the day first stage i was dancing all around the targets my corrections were minimal but would end up on both sides of the plate no matter what i did basically the rest of the day went just like that i couldn't hit anything i checked all the usual things that i could is everything tight did my scope get bumped um nothing it was all fine So my question is, what would you or Jake do if you knew your zero and dope were good and you should be hitting but aren't? Do you pull off the line and try to re-dope, check zero again? I have no idea where to start. Um, Problem-solving mid-match issues uh hell or my case beginning to end match issues <laughs> 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 so anyway sorry it's kind of long-winded terrible at getting to the point of things thanks a lot podcast is great so anyway love questions like that obviously that could be a a never-ending question there's a million variables um, um you know so this is a this will be a good one to talk about for a minute but so we kind of already talked about a mid-match issue earlier with your barrel speeding up so i think and a couple, I'll, I'll hit a couple things that popped to mind, and you can just chime in. But I think the longer you do this, the more that you, the quicker you're able to identify uh, problems. So when you started hitting high, the first thing in my mind, because I knew your barrel was new, I'm like, your barrel sped up. Like, so we just knew, and that's exactly what it was. Oh, you never said what did you got home? croned it? What did it speed up?
1: Uh, after the K match, yeah, I was fifty-five feet a second faster than when I started. So I was at twenty-seven fifty-five. Yep. Um, I think I ended up putting twenty-seven sixty into my Kestrel, yep. um, and I ended up being about twenty-eight fifteen. Okay, um, you know, so almost twenty-eight twenty. And so you know, we, we just,
0: just we just guessed that at K and like, hey, throw in forty feet or fifty feet or whatever, right? Didn't we? I can't yeah. remember what we did, but
1: I think we went to twenty-eight hundred.
0: Yeah. So we got, we got close and that, so some of the things just come from doing this and you'll know, um, you know, you'll, you'll be able to identify some of those problems. Obviously both Jake and I, I I've watched Jake. I don't know how many times I've watched him do this at a match. We'll go be at a hotel Friday night or before sight in and you'll grab your fix it sticks and which are uh, little, you know, portable torque wrenches. And, um, you'll you'll torque every screw on your scope rings, your mounts, your action screws, and just triple check everything that you've checked over and over and over. There's no reason they'd be loose because they've been on there forever. And I've watched you do that over and over and over. And so the more you do this, the more you try to eliminate weird things like a scope coming loose or action screws coming loose or a million other variables that can happen. Um, So... I think the longer you do this, the better you get at diagnosing those things. Um, I have had, uh, you know, in the past, I've had some different, some some equipment issues where I have been able to pull off the line and go check my zero. Um, If there's a zero board, you know, a hundred yard board that you can shoot during a match, sometimes match directors will leave those up and you're having problems and you have extra ammo, never a bad idea to run over there. If it's not going to affect your match, if you can run over there and shoot a few rounds to check zero, I've done that multiple times. Um, and you know you can always do that you can even chronograph if that's the case um there's i mean the 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 possibilities of screw-ups are endless but are there are there things that come to your mind um about catching mid-match problems or resolving issues with dope yeah
1: so mid-match problems uh there's there's really only a couple of things that are ever going to be able to to be wrong. Mm-hmm. So if you know that your zeros on, which is going to be the first thing that you want to uh, make sure of, yep. and you know that your velocity is good, every and, and you know your equipment is, um, uh, you know maybe you can call it torque, but you know your equipment is how it should be. Then then the problems are going to most likely uh, be in with your trigger finger. Yep. Um, and so what happens is, is that, and I've done this myself is I start missing some targets. I miss left and right. And I'm having a bad day. Yep. I try to naturally blame it on something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. And I, I don't ever want to say, man, uh, I probably need to go to the range because something's going on. And this is, this is a little bit, this is this is a topic where it happens all the time, and I actually made a a spoof video on it with yeah. the excuses video I made, where uh, your barrel sped up, and I know I literally just made an excuse that my barrel sped up on a match I didn't do well on. <laughs> so I uh, so we're know, all we're uh, all
0: guilty of it big time. You know,
1: we're all we're all guilty of it, but really, what it is 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 if you know your. Uh, your stuff's you know torques and how it should be nothing's moving nothing's walking um yep your your barrel's on tight uh there there's a lot of different things that can happen so um you know you can eliminate
0: a lot of variables by triple checking all your stuff if if you muzzle brakes coming loose you've shot a match where your barrel
1: came loose um so so that's exactly right if you if you check all that stuff beforehand you know it's perfect then then there is no excuse and the bad shooting now becomes my fault um if i pull a bad shot it becomes my fault if i miss a target it still becomes my fault whether the wind got me or not and Mm -hmm. a lot of the times what happens is someone misses the target and then they go and they miss the other side of the target and they come back and they miss the other side of the target well why are they doing that well they very well might be doing that because they're not bracketing the target correctly so instead of maybe missing on one side they're either they're either overcompensating or undercompensating for that miss yep. and now they can't figure out why they're missing it's just because their eyes are seeing the bullet they think the bullet is one place but it might be the splash of the dirt behind it and so they say oh no i know exactly where that bullet went okay well if you knew exactly where the bullet went then there's something you know going on with your trigger finger or if you know exactly where the bullet went, maybe that's not truly where the bullet went. Maybe that was where the splash of the dirt went, but maybe not the bullet itself. And so there's a lot of things that we can, this is one thing that the the tape target or the tape turret drill yeah. really helps reinforce because what you're doing is you're taping your turrets, you're having someone spin your turrets, and then you're shooting one shot at any random distance, 500 yards. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is that, Before your uh, turrets were taped or spun, they were dead nuts on the center of that target. So you know that they're on the center of that target. Someone misses it. And now the best thing to do is to say, okay, I think the bullet went a half mil left and a half mil up. And you should write that down. And then the person that spun your turrets is going to write down what he actually spun the turrets. Mm -hmm. Say that he did it four tenths and four tenths. Now you're going to do this drill again and again and again. And what you're doing is you're looking for the inconsistencies in your brain to say, man, I, this entire time, I think that bullet is impacting two tenths farther left than it really is. Right. And so if you know that when you start that your bullets in the center of that target and your buddy consistently goes, you know, three tenths or five tenths or, um, you know, seven tenths, but you're overestimating where you think that's going, you you should try to recalibrate your brain to figure out exactly where that's going. Because when you dial a uh, half mil left, there is no uh, inconsistency on that. It's a half mil left. When yeah. you dial a half mil over the top and you see the bullet travel and you think it's, you know, seven tenths over the top, well, guess what? You're going to have to recalibrate your brain a little bit to figure out, Okay, I've been overcompensating, um, you know, my hits and misses based off of where I'm seeing it. Now, why am I doing that? That's what you got to figure out. Why are you doing that? And then just kind of get a baseline and figure out, uh, figure all those numbers out. And then you have a graph and you can chart this graph. Okay, what's the actual numbers? And then what's my guesstimation on what those are? Uh, as soon as you have a graph you're going to be able to find really fast man i'm either spot on or i'm always a couple tenths this way or i'm always a couple tenths that way because everyone i see something different with recoil you can see something different and yeah. then all of a sudden yeah. you're going to be able to hit a lot more targets because you know your corrections are actually spot on
0: yeah yeah and there's also yeah man there's
1: that that was very long-winded no that's
0: that's super good though because i mean that accounts for there's there are such and i don't i don't want to tell people that i mean i think out of everybody i've met i think you trust your equipment more um the way you trust your equipment almost to a fault, like it was hard for you to believe that you were hitting high, even though you knew your barrel was obviously speeding up. You're just like, no, yeah. it's just, you, I trust it. You know, you trust it so much. And there are, I don't want to say we're, we're in a very uh, equipment heavy game where your stuff has to be running very very well i mean when you're when you're going from a you know a six inch target at whatever you 500 yards and then you go out to a 10 inch at a thousand and something in between and i mean your drops have to line up really really well to be just swapping back and forth and so i you know i don't and i'm not i don't want to take away from anything you said because i completely agree with with that, but there are equipment things. There's there's all kinds of crazy wind stuff with crosswind jump and Kestrel's calculating that and yes, and, and pressures and drops and BCs and 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 barrels do go out. Some guys, I think this is an argument for why we shoot some of the calibers we shoot with the the brx or the dasher or 6br or 6547 these really consistent forgiving cartridges where some of these guys running you know maybe a hotter you know a hotter 243 based or a hot six creed if you could lose those barrels in the middle of a match um you know when you get up i don't know 1500 1200 rounds a thousand rounds or you know it just depends on how hard you run those barrels you can have some stuff start coming apart in a match. And so some of those things do happen. Um, but, if, but if you go home and you check it and your gun shooting good, you just answer some questions. That was, it was the, whatever they say, the nut behind the bolt. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it probably was you just pulling bad shots and not making good corrections like Jake said. So, but there, there are variables. But just, I guess, triple check everything uh make everything's tight your brake your barrel your scope mounts everything i've seen so many brakes come loose on on really good shooters i've seen brakes come loose at uh, both finale i think every finale i've been to i've had guys in my squad so obviously good shooters were at the finale the biggest match of the year and at every finale i've been to i've seen brakes come loose and so just triple check all your gear um you know, make sure your zero is good. Make sure your chrono numbers are good. Make sure your barrels broke in. And, uh, after that, you know, ideally you don't have problems. I think, you know, and so just, I I hope we gave this guy a little bit of information, but there's so many different, uh, uh, you know, avenues we could go down for that. But, um, if you have more questions, shoot us another message and we'll get more specific on it, but yeah, triple check, triple check your gear
1: is make sure everything is uh, torque properly. Make sure all your stuff's right, and then uh, after that, go verify it. And yep. that's one thing that we've had the, um, you know, the, the the time on is we've verified that our stuff lines up over and over and exactly. over and over again. Yep. And so when there is a problem, we can actually identify it really quick. Okay. Yep. I I've, I've literally shot one hundred thousand times, and it's never done this. Yep. Now it's doing something that is is unusual uh, it's either I'm, uh, pulling the trigger really bad or something is weird going on. Uh, if it's something weird, it it should be fixable pretty quick. Okay. There's my muzzle brake. It's loose or, um, okay. My barrel sped up. And so we have those options, but if everything is how it should be, then there shouldn't ideally be any problems. Um, and you'll see that with most of the top, uh, consistent shooters is they just don't have those problems one they trust in their stuff Two, they yeah. know how to take care of their stuff exactly and um and, and they have confidence in all of their stuff uh
0: yeah and they're not for, run, running barrels to the people ragged edge yeah they're not running barrels to the ragged edge they're pulling them maybe a little early and and all that stuff so anyway hey we've got i've got a bunch of questions but we're going to be running up on an hour soon so why don't you why don't you do a question and we'll wrap this one up
1: so yeah i had a, cre- a question from uh a gentleman by the name of Ron Allred, Uh, he was curious about uh, what you and I do for diets, Uh, what we do for uh, pre-match routine, what we do for in the middle of a match, Mm -hmm. and just general, maybe what we eat, uh, stuff like that. So just a little bit of what I do is uh, typically if a match is a Saturday, Sunday, on like a Thursday, I'll make sure that I'm obviously hydrating quite a bit, uh, drinking lots of water. I don't want to have any for me personally, um, I've gotten the habit of not really having any sugars or any caffeine, yep. uh, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and I think that just helps my body kind of get back to a neutral state. Now, obviously when it's work week, you know, I go to the coffee stand and I might have a coffee or, um, you know, I might have a soda at some point. And so, Mm-hmm. that there are those things that i that i've realized over the over my training sessions when i'm out training and i had a coffee i'm out training and i'm you know pounding a root beer or something yeah uh you know i'm just not quite as as stable i'm just not quite as steady and i have a little bit of the jitters which doesn't really help when we're shooting obviously when we're shooting we want to take all of that stuff out of there so yeah um i will try to stay away from the sugars and i will try to stay away from the caffeine but other than that for diet uh you know i'm a i'm a meat and potatoes kind of a guy so mm-hmm. i eat, eat potatoes and seafood all week anyway so i just continue to do that uh <laughs> yeah. at, at all my matches anyway
0: yeah no you're so on the caffeine thing i i I drink a lot. You drink a lot of coffee. I, dr- I, l- I really like coffee. Um, just <laughs> to, to the dismay of my Mormon friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we had some coffee jokes when we were in Utah. So, um, no, I, uh, I experimented with or without, I don't like to drink I'm not gonna drink a pot of coffee before I go to a match, but I definitely for a while I was trying not to do any. And then, I drink coffee so much that I can have a cup of coffee and it it just doesn't affect me. Like I like to have a cup of coffee in the morning breakfast. I like to have a decent breakfast. Um, um, you know, just whatever, some eggs or try to get something in my stomach. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, the rest of the day, I'm not going to drink a bunch of coffee. I'm not going to drink a monster or red bull. I see guys chugging those and and maybe it doesn't affect them because they drink them so often either. So I I don't know because coffee doesn't affect me if I just have, you know, have a cup or so in the morning. So, it's not a big deal. I don't, I don't, don't drink sodas. I never have just, I just didn't like them. I don't know why, but so that's not an issue for me. I drink a lot of water. I try to stay pretty hydrated. I think it helps. I don't know. I can't hurt with, with, I've heard when you get dehydrated your eyes are one of the first things that are affected. Um, I don't know much about that except that it sounds like a good idea. So I, I try to drink a lot of water during the matches, um, keep your brain fresh and everything. And, um, well, I guess one of my supersti- superstition things is more and more. If I'm shooting really good, if lunch is coming out, I generally don't eat lunch. I just like no, I'm I'm good. I'm just gonna keep shooting. I feel good. I mean, generally don't get real hungry during the day. Um, and so if you know if everything's going bad, sure, I should probably eat. Maybe it will change something. So I could do some <laughs> stuff like <laughs> do stuff like that. But it's it's not a big deal. But I'll throw some you know throw a granola bar some jerky or something in a pack just in case you know i feel like i need it but generally during the day i don't need much but i'm the same way i like to eat a good dinner have a steak um get some good protein and stuff i think i think one of the bigger things um that some some matches work better for and some don't is try to get some good sleep is um i've definitely shot good on very little sleep but just because of the way some matches go but generally uh, I think you do a lot better getting getting some good sleep, getting up, getting some food, and getting woke up and getting rolling. Um, but just try not to do anything out of the routine. Try to just, you know, kind of normal and just don't do, I don't know. I mean, some guys, some guys drink a lot of alcohol the night before and they hammer they do great the next day i just i'm not one of those guys so i guess i can't speak to that so uh, I'll, admire you know, it from, they, I'll admire it from afar yeah exactly yeah. We'll, we'll admire it from afar
1: right? yeah
0: so yeah. i don't know i think you're uh i i follow your lead a lot as we're traveling together with with restaurant selection like i like i'm a big fan of steak and good salad and 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 that's your thing so you're always you know s- you know sniff out the best the best place to eat so I'm, I'm along for the ride in that case and i enjoy it so
1: it just costs us a little more money
0: you know, <laughs> yeah but it's tasty so um <laughs> But yeah, I don't, I don't, other than that, I, I do, I, I did experiment for a while with no, co- no caffeine and uh, didn't feel like it mattered that much. If I had a cup of coffee, I've had, I've been drinking, you know, I've had coffee before matches the last couple of years and I've shot fine. So I'm not, it doesn't bother me anymore. So.
1: And honestly, one of the big things is find out what works for your guys' bodies. Exactly. You know, um, ev- everyone's going to be a little bit different. Everyone's going to uh, handle different things differently. Yep. Um, ov- obviously if you're piss drunk it doesn't matter who you are you're not going to shoot very well and if you're all hyped up and your muscles are tense and shaking you're not going to shoot very well and you know when i say shoot very well i mean be as as good as you can be right and so you know you might have a a, a decent day and and you uh just drank a bunch of coffee but you know could you have had a little bit better date you know very well um you know that might be possible You know, again, everyone does something a little bit different. I know, uh, you know, when we uh, or when I played uh, sports in high school and college, man, we carb loaded like you wouldn't believe the night before a football game. And that was just what we did. We had spaghettis and pastas and lasagna Mm. and, um, you know, steak, potatoes and everything that we could do that was high carb uh because we wanted that maybe a little bit more energy or a little bit more stuff when we are playing the game the next day so everyone's body is going to do something just a little bit different find out what works for you maybe try it go to the range and and uh try to you know run on a bunch of coffee see what happens does it work does it not work okay you realize that doesn't work for you now you can figure something else out and and go from there yep for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, the, I, know not to belabor the point, but I know a couple of guys are like, man, I got, I got to have caffeine, caffeine, or I can't just, my brain's not thinking myself through the stages like it normally does. So, uh, I know the guys that shoot a lot better with it, you know, just keeping whatever, yep. you know, keep your brain sharp. So anyway, that's, uh, I think we answered that pretty good, but probably should wrap this up coming up on an hour. We've got some other questions. We'll hit another time. And, um, uh i said th- hopefully this remote thing works and the auto quality is good i'm gonna put it we'll p- try to get it up i think what is this wednesday night we'll try to get it up asap uh because we missed last week sorry for that but i think with this remote thing it's gonna help us uh get a little bit more regular schedule which i'm hoping for so um questions comments uh uh, VP Precision. Oh, real quick, I'm not going to announce what we're going to do because I, it's, we're, we're out of time, but we've got some I think we've got some Trigger Tech Diamonds we're going to give away and we're, we'll come up with some some how we're going to do that and we'll talk about that in another episode but we're out of time that's so right. that's going to come up and we'd like to do some more of that stuff so we'll uh we're like i said we're just getting going we're getting learning the the hang of this podcasting thing so thanks for uh all your guys' messages and your encouragement it's kind of weird recording these things you're like does anyone listen to these but then you get some messages from people that say they enjoy it so we yep. appre- we appreciate that very much and uh just trying to get we love shooting, and I'm trying to get some info out to you guys that can help you guys shoot and just uh, talking about the sport. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Episode number six, signing off for VP Precision, John Pitch and Jake Fobert. Toodles!